0: are very thankful for everyone that's here on this resurrection morning. We're thankful for every face that we see. It was really beautiful to hear the Lord being worshipped um, and uh, with such passion this morning. It was very encouraging. Uh, before we turn into God's life-giving word, we want to give an opportunity if there are any greetings and announcements for the church. Lord be with you, and please extend greetings wherever you go. Thank you so much for those greetings. Please do extend our greetings to the Avon Road congregation. We're very thankful to have you with us this morning, sister. Brother Zorn, for those greetings from brothers and sisters in Serbia to Molnar and the sisters from India. And please do extend our greetings when you visit Avonro this afternoon. Thank you for those greetings from Sister Mary Poon.
1: Uh, I visited Brother Edwin Alaspach with Millie on Friday, and uh, he extended greetings. I would really encourage you to visit him. Um, he's got so many stories, so many, ch- so much experience, and uh, our five hours flew by. So, please do, do do visit him. You'll miss a blessing. You'll be a blessing also. Well, so I'll, I'll encourage you to do that. The other thing is, uh, as you know, the elder meeting is in Syracuse, New York, next um, Thursday, next Friday, and and Saturday. I'd like to go that and uh, take the greetings of the church hope to be back for sunday thank you thank you for the
0: and please uh do extend our greetings there and let's rem- remember to pray for the elders as they meet together this coming week thank you for those greetings from your mother There's no uh, further greetings. A Few announcements this morning. Um, We're uh, very excited that this is uh, Resurrection Sunday and so we're looking forward after the morning service. We're gonna have a few songs from the children's program and we have a hot lunch where everyone is invited to stay for a hot lunch and then we'll have the uh, um, adult uh, choir program before the afternoon service. And in preparation for that, there will be an adult choir practice after after lunch. Um, Our focus uh, for collections is the Ghana uh, church. They have a a school that we're uh, helping uh, fund children, bursaries for the children who are attending that uh, school in Accra, Ghana, where they teach our faith as well. Uh, We're rejoicing that there's gonna be a baptism in Richmond Hill on May 27th. So you can mark that in your calendars and we have finalized the date for our own baptism here in uh, Weston Road uh, for uh, June 25th. So keep that in your calendar and hopefully we, I know they're waiting for more for the, to announce for Richmond Hill. I hope we'll have some more to announce here too. So please, uh, as we heard last Sunday, what hinders me? Consider that question with the Ethiopian. We did mention that um, Sister Lily Vukov is in the hospital, so please do pray for her and and the family. And uh, she's really not up to visits or texts at this time, so please refrain from visiting or sending her texts, but do pray for them. Let's turn to the Lord in prayer. O mighty hero, welcome. Thou hast overcome all that held us captive, that we might be set free indeed. Lord, what a triumph. What a glorious overcoming. What hope. What a transformation from death to life and that that very same Spirit can do the same for us. We pray this morning that this event that sent repercussions throughout throughout the physical and spiritual realm that was felt not only as as an earthquake but that shattered all the bonds ripped, the veil, and made us able to come to your presence. Lord, we pray that that sacrifice, that victory, would not remain two thousand years in the past. Whether we could apply it today, speak to us through your living word. We pray. May that spirit of victory and power and encouragement reach through closed doors, those who are unable to be here, and even those who are running and choosing not to be here. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. This past Wednesday was the Passover. For once, the Passover was very close to Easter. It's having a fiery repercussions in the Middle East. But the question that is asked the beginning of Passover, one of the children needs to ask the question, why is this night different from all others? And this morning I want to ask the same question, why is this morning different from all others. Let's turn together and read about that morning in the last chapter of Mark, chapter 16. And when the Sabbath was past, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulchre at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulchre? And when they looked, They saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted, ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him as he said unto you. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Now when Jesus was risen early, the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. And they, and when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believed not. After that, he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went out and told it unto the residue, the remainder of the disciples, neither believed they them. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven, as they sat at meat, and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. I've read unto the 16th verse. May the Lord bless the reading of his word.
1: The Lord is worthy that we bow before him in prayer. Oh Lord God, the one who dwells in the heavens above and also in the hearts of contrite men and women, you also dwell amongst the praises of your people. And in this morning we've come for a very special reason as the Lord had commanded his disciples and even the Apostle Paul, that they would partake of the Lord's Supper, break the bread and drink the wine, to remember his death until he come to remember the blood that was shed and the body that was broken so that our sins could be forgiven. And this morning we come to remember in a very special way after Christ was placed in the grave and buried for three silent days and nights. That he rose victoriously by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power and the glory of God, as your word tells us. To show that he is victor not only of death but of sin and the bondage of sin and hell itself and to give us new hope a new life a new purpose that we also could die with him be buried with him and be resurrected with him by the glory of the father by the holy spirit That our lives could be changed for your word tells us that he was delivered for our offenses he was crucified for our offenses but raised for our justification as he told martha that he is the resurrection He is the resurrection and the life, and everyone that believes on him, though he were dead, he would yet live. And so, Father in heaven, we give you praise, honor, and glory that what seemed to be a a very disappointing end of Jesus' life in the physical flesh on this earth, to some that even rejected thee and turned away from thee, Yet you were true to your word and to your promises in that you vacated the grave that you had ascended later on to your gl- the glory of the Father at his right hand in the courts above. Oh Lord, what a mystery this is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. And now Christ is at your right hand. And we pray, Lord, that even though we don't understand everything, but we believe. And therefore we receive your gift of salvation. We pray, Lord, that there are many that are here even bending their knee in prayer. Even as Jesus said, and be not unbelieving, but believe. He's saying the same thing to us today. Be not unbelieving, but believe in the empty tomb In the risen Christ and in the promises that you will never fail of, your word is truth. And we pray that you would sanctify all here in this room with your truth. That they would respond and accept the Lord Jesus as their Savior and Lord and live and walk in a newness of life. And Father, we pray for those that are yours, that if we indeed believe him, as your word tells us, that we should walk as he walked. Oh Lord, we see this this world is plummeting to self-destruction. You will one day come with 10,000 of your saints and thousands of thousands will come, and you will subjugate, destroy the enemy, and establish your kingdom. There will come a day when time will be no more, and there will be that great and victorious battle over evil. And then you will again say, it is finished. It's all over for this earth. It's all over for the devil and his angels. It's all over. It is done. It is sealed. And your saints will be with you forever and ever and ever. O Lord, we pray that this morning that you would open the eyes of the blind, that you will unstop the ears of the deaf, and that you will quicken the spirits that are dead, and that your word will be that agency through the Holy Spirit that your word tells us by which we are born again. Father, we're thankful that we are here today, this morning hour, to worship thee in spirit and in truth. We pray for those that could not be with us. We pray that you'll be their comfort, their strength, their keeper, especially our dear sister, Lily, who is now in hospital. Oh Lord, we pray that you'd be a comfort, you'd take away her pain and suffering. And if it be your will, that you would give her healing. Your word tells us the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings. And Lord, we pray for after being spiritually healed and quickened from the dead, that you would also give a healing if it be your will. We pray for us dear sister Olga also, Olga Ordog who is also in a a condition that's been plaguing her for many, many years of her life. We pray that you'd give her healing and sustenance and strength and comfort. And the many in our congregation and in other congregations that are suffering in pain, in uncertainty. Father, we pray that you would visit them through closed doors and give them comfort and strength. Father, we pray that you'd be with and your brother, as you would expound your word this morning hour, give him the words of utterance, of clarity, and open the hearts to hear your gospel message that the Lord is risen and that he's risen indeed, for we ask these things in Jesus precious name. Amen.
0: He is risen. He is risen indeed. He was risen. And yet, did you notice? As we read together, the women coming early, worried. What are we going to do about this big stone? Finding it's already rolled away. Victory accomplished. But that's not even The half, the beginning that's touching the surface of the victory that was accomplished. The stone was not the issue. They entered into the tomb. They saw an angel telling them face to face that Jesus is not here, he's risen. Go, tell the world, tell the disciples. Their reaction They were afraid. They didn't tell anyone. They fled from the sepulcher. Despite hearing and seeing firsthand the empty tomb. The angel present in the empty tomb. Interpreting the grave clothes. The empty shelf. The absence of the Lord. Mary wandering and we... We read, it's almost like an index. Mark is kind of concise. He's just telling you the high points and then you can go and read more in the Gospel of John about Mary's personal encounter. She heard from the angel that he's risen, but she's still weeping. And she has Jesus himself show up. Personal encounter. She she's, assumes he's the gardener. She starts accusing him. Where have you taken him? You know, I'm going to take him away. She's just after the dead body of Jesus to, to show love and, 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 and devotion and, and gratitude to the one who rescued her from her seven demons and torment and who knows what of her life. And then Jesus says, Mary. He says her name. And in that moment she knows Rabboni, my master. And she goes, having personally met with Jesus, and goes to the disciples and she tells them, He's risen. I've spoken to Jesus. I've seen him. Not just the empty tomb. Not just an angel saying he's risen. I've seen Jesus. And they, when they had heard he was alive and had been seen of her, verse 11, believed not. Then, he appears in another form to two of them as they walked in the country. And again, Luke expands and gives us the whole backstory and, and even the dialogue as they're going to Emmaus and, and they are sad. They heard some of the women went early and they heard that Jesus was risen, but the two are sad. We had thought that it would have been he who would deliver us? He's risen, but we are sad. And we are actually feeling sorry for ourselves, feeling kind of disappointed. Things are just not what we expected. We abandoned or whatever we we invested in this movement we hoped we trusted we put our reputations and and, and he's dead. It's over. God's not working according to my schedule and, and my expectations and then and then Jesus reveals himself as he breaks the bread, Maybe they saw the wounds, I don't know, but their eyes were open. They knew that this was the Jesus who revealed to them from the scripture, from the beginning. Their hearts were burning within them as they recognized the truth from the beginning of the Old Testament. They knew that this was God's plan, that he was going to redeem them, that this Messiah had to suffer, had to come and pay the price in order for them to be saved and then as he broke the bread they recognized this is him they were in the presence of the Lord the risen Lord he was breaking the bread and offering it to them and they just ran they ran back to Jerusalem the whole way the whole day's journey and they show up to the disciples we have seen him and he's appeared to Simon he explained why we understand and they went, verse 13, and told it unto the residue, the remainder of the disciples that were there. Neither believed they them. We get a little bit more backstory in, in John about the next one that he appeared to the 11. It's actually 10. Um, in... Um, we continue on in, in in the same day at evening John uh, 20 verse 19 being the first day of the week and we've mentioned this in prayer a couple times that the doors were shut they were locked the disciples who had heard from Jesus Because the angel said, just like he said, he was going to die and rise again. Third, They heard Jesus. We have read it ourselves as we've studied the word together over the past few months, multiple times. They heard from Jesus, I am going to be taken. I am going to be uh, mistreated of the Jews. I am going to be crucified. I am going to rise again on the third day. In fact, that's why the Pharisees themselves thought he's blaspheming and was there accusation. They heard it from Jesus. They heard it from the women at the tomb. They heard it from the angel who spoke to the woman in the tomb. They heard it from Mary. They heard it from the two coming back from Maos. They ran to the tomb, Peter and John. John actually entered in and we can read here as he saw those grave clothes, he believed. Why is he hiding behind locked doors? Why are they afraid? The victory has been accomplished. It was one thing to see the one in whom you'd put your hope and trust hanging naked, bleeding, despised and rejected of men on that cross, feeling your hopes bleeding out with him, and not recognizing that that blood was washing, there to wash away your sin. But now he is risen just as he said. Just as the scriptures foretold. But they are still afraid. The doors are still shut. What is the answer to the question, why is this night different than all others? Do you know what the answer is? I encourage you sometime with your families or with some So even the young people to to do a seder together, to do a Passover and go through the Passover. It's God instituted it. You can read in Exodus 13, so that your son would ask the question, "Why?" And as you read it, it's clear that God had this plan from the beginning. That the blood of the lamb on the doorposts would cause the angel of death to pass over, and that this would be freedom from. And that is the answer to the question. Why is this night different from all others? The young boy asks. And the answer is because once we were slaves. Because once we were slaves. These same, these same disciples, having heard multiple times, cowering behind closed doors for fear of the Jews. Now, they themselves were Jews, so what are we talking about? We're talking about the Jews that were in power, the ones who had, had crucified their Lord, who was the most popular person in the country, who, who had accused him of blasphemy who was the most upright and innocent man ever, and I mean ever, the only truly innocent man? Who, what hope did they have, they thought. Now, see those same men. Turn with me a few pages later. Acts chapter 4. Let's start reading verse 5. And it came to pass on the morrow they had just performed a healing in the name of the Lord Jesus of of a man who was lame by the the gate, beautiful, and the way into the temple. It came pass on the moral that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas, the high priest, we heard about him on Friday, didn't we? The one who was called the whisperer. Because even though he wasn't actually the high priest, he was the priest's father-in-law and he pulled the strings. He whispered in the ears. He was the one behind the scenes, or who was really in control. The power broker, the kingmaker. Annas, the, the high priest, and Caiaphas. Sorry, that was Caiaphas. I'm sorry, Annas was the high priest. Caiaphas was the whisperer. And John and Alexander, and many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. These are the very Jews that they were afraid of. And when they had set them, the disciples, in the midst, they asked him, By what power and by what name have ye done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said to them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed being done to the impotent man, the crippled man, by what mean he means he is made whole or healed? Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. And this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. We have these men scattered leaving their very clothes behind and running away, denying Jesus three times before the croc, before that rooster crowed, feeling defeated, not even believing the very testi- eyewitness testimony of those they knew and trusted that Jesus was risen. Now, standing up to the most powerful men in the country, who clearly had the power to kill them, and not even choosing their words carefully, not even telling the truth, but in an inoffensive way. Jesus, whom you crucified, none other name under heaven where you might be saved. I mean, that's offensive words today. There is none other name by which may be saved. Not Muhammad, not Allah, Not any other name. There is none other name. This exclusive claim to be the way, the truth, the life, that there's no other way is offensive today. But we need to have the same boldness. They didn't hold back. He is the stone that you have stumbled on, who's become the head of the cold. This is prophesied, and you are the blind who are stumbling over God's plans. They are bold. They're not holding back. They're speaking the truth. Offensive or not. Their lives, they're in chains. They're surrounded by guards. They're not afraid. What changed? What changed? How did these men who were cowering behind locked doors, become so bold and fearless before the most powerful people that could have them killed that they didn't hold back and spoke truth to power. Did the situation change? Was Rome no longer oppressing them? the concern of those on the way to the mouse? Was, was Annas and Caiaphas deposed the corrupt priesthood that were there for money and power and didn't care about, had, had, had that been fixed? Were we now under good religious leadership or good political leadership? Was their circumstances changed? Now they were no longer penniless fishermen, but now they had the wealth and to, to do what they pleased. What changed? They were no longer afraid. Their chains were not the chains of iron. Their chains were not the chains of Roman oppression, of pharisaical corruption. No longer the chains of ignorance and lack of education. It was not the chains of poverty and lack of economic opportunity. Chains were chains of fear. And those chains are here today. Those chains are here today. People are slaves today. People need freedom today. We need the freedom that Jesus died, and rose again to provide. And it's not automatic. We see the very women and disciples who are closest to him, face to face with Jesus himself, and still enslaved. Until they believe. Until the Holy Spirit, the Spirit We read in Romans here chapter eight Brother Doug referred to in his prayer. Verse eleven. But if Romans eight eleven, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken, make alive your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. The power to go from death to life is in the Spirit of God. Because that's what happened. If you've written John 20, the very next thing that happened when he showed up in this locked room through the walls, apparently. And when he had, the next day at even, the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were fe- assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed them his hands and his side, where the Spirit pierced him, then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. My dear friend and brother and sister, do we allow ourselves to feel defeated even when we're victors? Do we feel my body My body is cursed. The curse of Adam. It is getting older. I certainly can experience that. It is decaying. There's, for some of us, you know, there is, there's, there's disease. There's pain. There's terminal. No doctor has an answer. There's no hope for me physically. It's gonna decay and break down and one day I'm going to die. I'm gonna lose this war. Is that a fear? A year ago on Easter Sunday I remember going to visit my father and shared with him the message as we share that because of the resurrection all things that are sad will become untrue. All things that are sad will become untrue. Even my father He lay there in bed, not having been able to get out of bed for many months, unable to control his bodily functions, much to his embarrassment and dismay. Having lost his dignity as well as his mobility. Having lost his mind, his ability, his amazing ability to remember and know all kinds of things. but all that was sad, was going to be made untrue. It was true in the moment. But because of the resurrection, it would become untrue. And and I just said, what a day that's going to be when you're going to be able to walk with the Lord in heaven and and be able to remember and sing and and, and rejoice and, and, and have that freedom and I remembered it was a song and, and, and as I pulled it up it happened to be synced with the TV and he started to sing he, he, he didn't know the name of his own grandson that was living with him and seeing him every day but he remembered to worship the Lord what a day that will be my Jesus I will see My dear friend, brother, sister, your mortality, your sickness, terminal or otherwise, doesn't need to make you afraid. Jesus' victory means that is temporary. There is a hope beyond the grave. The sting is taken away. Maybe you feel afraid of being alone, unloved. No one understands me. I feel isolated. I feel nobody really cares. I'm afraid. The un-understood... But that is also not true. That is not true. you can choose, like the disciples, to remain in fear despite the victory that has been accomplished. The stone not only rolled away, but Jesus alive and walking in your midst. or you can believe and know, that you are known. That you are loved. That the, the God of the universe sent His Son to come and to die in your place. And He knows what you've done. He knows who you are. And despite that, He chose every split second of agony to continue on the cross. Despite being able to call 10,000 angels. Because He loved you. You are loved. You are eternal. You have a hope and you are known and loved and understood. Believe the truth and not the lie. Perhaps you feel like life's a struggle. I'm in a fallen, corrupt world and things are going downhill can't afford a house anymore, can't afford to pay bills. This economy is a stack of cards built on top of debt. It's going to collapse. Other years were better, but for me and my generation, it is impossible to get ahead. The system is against me. The system is corrupt. They say you'll owe nothing and be happy, but only the first half is true. Jesus' death and resurrection changes that for you. Because guess what? Nobody can keep this stuff. I'm going through my father's stuff now. He can't. He didn't keep any of it. You will not be able to keep this stuff no matter how much you're able to. um, But you can. Jesus said he's gone ahead. He's preparing a place for you by his side. You can have treasure in heaven as you give that glass of water today. You can have the jewels of telling people to go and tell them about this hope and that those who are perishing you can rescue from the fire. You can have treasure of the crown of righteousness of For completing your courses so many have done in this past year or two. We have buried so many that have finished the course. You can have treasure that you won't lose. Why are you so focused on stuff you can't keep? Don't let that keep you in a prison of fear. might feel Okay maybe it's true that Jesus rose and that there's a heaven and that there is victory for others but but my experience my experience is that I know not only is my body cursed And going to die. Not only is the systems of this world. Cursed and corrupt. And going downhill. I know that I'm corrupt. That I'm a sinner. And I can't overcome. The things that enslave me. The things that keep me. From doing what I know is right. And force me to do what I know is wrong. That I am a slave. Jesus' resurrection changes that. The first Adam gave you that inheritance. Passed on all men that they were all dead, separated from God. The second Adam, the one who chose to obey, as we heard on Friday in Gethsemane, who chose to obey to say not my will but yours be done, who chose to die in your place, He gives you an inheritance of freedom from slavery so that you can say this morning is different from all others because once I was a slave, but I am no longer a slave to fear, no longer a slave to sin, the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead can raise you. And if you, my dear brother and sister, want to keep that power in your life, you can say with Paul in Philippians chapter 3 um. mm. his deepest desire he says it with passion he says that I may know him that I may know him personally that I may know him in the power of his resurrection Paul says I don't want to be a name it claim it superficial Christian who feels entitled to salvation because what Jesus did I want to know the power of his resurrection I want to be changed and I want there to be a power in me the same power that raised Jesus from the dead I want to see it operating in me bringing me to a new life a new power that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Being made conformable unto his death. Do you want to have that resurrection power in your life, my dear friend, my dear brother, my dear sister? Jesus has shown us the way. We need to die to ourselves To the things we cannot keep, the things we cannot control, the things that we're going to lose anyways, we need to die to those things, to let go and experience resurrection. Each one of us, personally, may the Lord bless
1: his word. because of the uh, children's choir this morning we could do things a little bit differently. Brother Edmund, we're very passionate this morning about the meaning of the resurrection, I'm sure we all are. And as he recounted how our dear brother Willie was facing his last days and his dad and Monica's dad, Sigrid's sister, Sigrid's husband. How, when it came time to sing, is what moved him the most, that animated him, that brought him to life, if you will. And I think it's, it's so true what, the writer of ecclesiastes says and we've heard many times from this pulpit that deep within the heart of man is this as pascal can rephrase what he tried to say that there's this void this vacuum this god-shaped vacuum in the hebrews he says in in the hebrew language it's olam that man god has set In the heart of man, eternity, olam, olam is everlasting. And everyone, deep down, knows that until they are filled with Christ, until they are filled with God, there is no satisfaction. There is no fulfillment. There is no hope. and people yearn really deep down but they listen to other voices. They listen to the spirit of this age as opposed to the spirit of God. This sort of came true. And we recently, if you remember the funeral of brother Steve Delich, that he lived a life fulfilling his own desires, his own wants, much like we did, some to a greater extent. But something that I didn't say at the funeral message, when we went to visit him in hospital, and we we knew that he had a limited time, very limited, because he wasn't responding. He wasn't responding, no matter how much his cousin Bata pleaded with him to talk, to say something, and his brother John was pleading with him, in tears they were pleading, say something. Brother Doug and brother Willie Kurtz are here to pray as his desire was that we would come and pray for him. He didn't say much, the only thing was that he said was when John asked him, brother John asked him, do you have any pain? All he said was staring straight ahead, he says, no. So we stopped trying to get a response from him. So we did what his request was. We, we took a little bit of oil, virgin olive oil and we anointed him with the oil and both Brother Willie and I laid a hand on his head on his shoulder and we prayed for him I prayed first normally I close my eyes and then Brother Willie prayed second and as Brother Willie was praying I raised my head and Brother Steve was doing this. He was praying. He couldn't talk to us, but when he came time for the deep inner yearnings of his soul, he could understand everything we said, but he raised his hands, clasped them and prayed with us. To me, that's a proof that within man is this God-shaped vacuum and that what really animates him and stirs him to motion is the spirit of God. And I pray that that same spirit of regeneration will enter your heart, will make you lift up holy hands, and ask for forgiveness of sin, for a resurrected life. Because some never made it. In conclusion, let's all stand and sing, O oh joy, my Savior liveth, three verses, as we wait for the children to come in. Oh joy, my Savior liveth, Zion's Harp number 302 somebody please.
2: Good morning, everyone. We are so thankful that each and every one of you are able to be here for our Sunday school Easter program. Our hope and prayer this morning is to share with you the simple yet profound message of the gospel of Jesus Christ and to give to him the honor and glory he is due. The first song, Mighty Mighty Savior, awakens us to the sad reality of all humanity. It is necessary to first establish our need for Christ in order to fully appreciate the good news of the gospel. The sounds of the jail keeper's key will only bring hope if the prisoner knows he is in prison. In other words, there is no news without bad news. The bad news is that we are all born bent towards sin. Whether it's through our thoughts, words, or actions, we've all broken God's perfect standard. Sin separates us from God and causes us to be fully deserving of his judgment. The Bible says that the punishment for sin is death. We need someone to save us. We need someone to wash away our sin and to make us pure with it. Now that we have established our need for Jesus as our Savior, we will explain what he has done to save us. Paul writes in Ephesians 1 that we have been blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. In Christ, we have all we need and more. We hope this song will give you a glimpse of just how great God's love is towards us. We hope that as you listen, you will reflect on what Jesus has done for you personally.
1: whoa after a program like that i wish it was six songs that's a beautiful program and i saw every single child engaged from the oldest to the youngest like i've never seen before what a beautiful program And Sister Rachel, Sister Sabrina, Sister Hannah, and children. What a glorious program it was. Though two songs, but they had such a a beautiful and wonderful message of the truth of the crucifixion and resurrection of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, and how it impacts us, what he has done for us. And what we need to do in response. Thank the Lord and you for a beautiful program. I felt like it was like a mini camp here, it really did. And may the Lord truly bless you, and keep you, and continue singing and praising God the way you did this morning. It's been a glory to God, and really topped off a beautiful morning for us. Thank the Lord and you. I would, I don't know, would we normally have a traditional low in the grave he lay. So I would like, if everyone can stand, do you have a book there, uh, Ra- Rachel, the blue book? And we can sing, um, do you know that off by heart? Can you sing that off by heart? I think so. Right. There's a blue box. I just want the kids to sing, and then we just come in and give them support, because this is their program. So if... um. The, the, the younger kids, they don't need books, right? They just nod off by, on, right? They do. So let's do it. Let's hand the books out, and uh, we're going to, hand, just to whoever needs it, and we're going to join in on the chorus on, we've got at least two, two verses. Let's just do two verses. And we're going to stand, and we're going to have a concluding prayer, and remain standing for that concluding prayer, and uh, perhaps brother brian can you have the concluding prayer i don't want you to sing i just want to (laughs) just have the concluding prayer and um include the meal for downstairs okay thank you let's all stand up and sing low in the grave he lay
3: Father, what a morning, what a beautiful day. You've painted the sky blue and put a sun in the sky. Nothing says resurrection more than that. We are so grateful for what we've heard this morning, dear Father, for the children's voices, their lungs filled, giving you praises and glory. Every bit of it deserved and warranted. We thank you so much for what you've given us this weekend, dear Father, what you've given each and every one of our lives day in and day out. We are, we are beyond blessed and beyond grateful. For, for the freedom we have, dear Father, in, in Christ and for, for the fellowship we have with our brothers and sisters. We are um, mindful, dear Father, of those who could not join us today. We pray a blessing on them, that your Holy Spirit be with them. And as our Lord and Savior, dear Father, went to the ends of God-forsakenness to gather us all up in the love of the Holy Spirit, dear Father, and exalt his name above all others. We do this today, this day, this Father, and we let the world say what they want about us. We know the truth, you've given it to us, and it's affected us deeply, all of us. We, uh, we pray a blessing on our meal today, dear Father. You've given us a feast, no doubts, to, to take part in and partake of, and we're mindful of those who don't get to eat today, dear Father, but for us today, you've put us in a place where you will feed us, and we pray a blessing on this meal and the hands that made it for us, as for the rest of this day. We thank you again. For all your blessings, both those we've seen and those we have seen, and for the joy we find in our Lord, we thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen.